I'm Zach. And I'm Josh. And this is Lamp Stomp, a Pixar podcast. Zach, I've got a question for you. Oh, I want to hear this question. Go. Oh, it, it's not It's not groundbreaking. It's not revolutionary. It's been around for a while. Zach, if you could have any superpower, <laughs> what would it be and why? So I feel like there's the lame cliche answers. There's two that everyone answers. Do you know what the two are? Probably. Uh, there's a correct answer for sure, and I'm not going to pick it. Okay. But there's two cliche, everyone says them, the ability of flight yep. and invisibility. Those two, yep. I feel like those two are the cliche, everyone answers that question in that way. So yep. I'm not going to answer that. Okay. Because that's lame and cliche, and I don't want to be lame or cliche. I think that if I had any power, and I'm based, basically going off superheroes I know, because that's how I think about it, but if I had any superheroes power i'd want to be like nightcrawler where he can like zip and zap the blue guy from the x-men do you know who i'm talking about he can like transport he can transport from like like just zip and then he's over there or boom he's over there i don't know if his is like necessarily like he has to see where he can transport to but even if it was that that'd be pretty cool because i'd be like zoom out that door zoom out that door and 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 so there's this one this is super off tangent but there's this one movie that i used to watch i think it was like called jumper and it was kind of like that it's where, exactly like, that could just yeah. jump to anywhere he could like think of if he yeah. knew if he'd see a picture of it or could think of it he could he could just jump there like that's yep. all right that's pretty cool what about you call me mr lame call me mr cliche don't man. do it Dude, it's flight. How no, dude, don't do that. <laughs> How can it not be flight? I'm going to do it, man. Because it's lame and it's a cliche. I mean, it's not lame. It's a and cliche. And you want to be lame and cliche. <laughs> I'm okay with being lame if it means that I get to fly. That's what I'm saying. Uh, the point. correct answer The correct answer has to be anything with telekinesis. Like, that's got to be the best power, but that's not what I want. I want to fly. I don't want to be able to make things move with my mind. I want to fly, man. Okay. So here's my question though okay do you want to like you basically want to levitate you don't want to have like wings and have to flap your wings to fly no no, no, you want to levitate i'm a superman i'm a superman (laughs) gotcha which i guess you could do with telekinesis if you just control your own mind good point so today we're going to be talking about Obviously, I think you guys have picked up on it so far. The Incredibles. We should have said that at the top, but probably this is not just a podcast of me and Josh talking about what superpowers we would want, but that's why we're talking about it. We're talking about The Incredibles today. So why don't we just go ahead and hop in or teleport in or fly in however we want to say it into our remember me all right so the incredibles starts off by showing you, I think it opens on, I'm trying to remember exactly. It's like newspapers or, or a movie thing. And it's basically showing you all the superheroes and then zoom in on Mr. Incredible. He is just about as like handsome and suave as you can imagine. He's ready to save the day. And so the movie kind of starts off with him back in the day and he is, he is, saving people he is uh, i think getting cats out of trees he is doing everything and anything that he can to be the mr incredible that he says that he is so he's going around and he is doing all kinds of awesome awesome superhero things 
complete with the car that changes his clothes, complete with everything. And so he is going around and he's saving and doing all kinds of things. He runs into quite a few different people in his thing, in his adventures. He runs into, what is the mime's name? I, I'm, I'm struggling to think of what his name is now. Is it? Bon voyage. Yes. <laughs> bon voyage. Oh, yes. Uh, incredible. <laughs> So yes, Bon Voyage, and he runs into a kid named Buddy. If you were watching this movie for the first time, you might not think anything about Buddy, but remember Buddy because he will come up later. And so he goes around and this guy steals the lady's purse, and so he goes after it. And while he's trying to beat up this guy on the top, Elastigirl comes in and tries to steal his, I guess, superhero wing. And they imply that they have somewhere to be. And so when... Uh, Elastigirl goes away. Mr. Incredible goes and he's like, I can do one more. And he meets up with his buddy Lucius or Frozone, who is one of the better characters of the movie and voiced by Samuel L. Jackson, which is awesome. And so they, they fight some more crime and then he finally gets to where he is going, which we find out is their wedding day. And so while on his saving things, he pushes Buddy to the side, but he also saves a guy who jumps from the top of a building to try to end his life. And in doing so, he kind of attracts some attention that is not the best. Basically, the guy that was jumping from the roof says that he didn't want to be saved. And he ruined his life or ruined his attempted death, I think is what he says. And so basically he sues Mr. Incredible and sues a whole bunch of superheroes for their damage. And basically the government comes out and says that superheroes can be no longer. There is no more superheroes in today's day. There's no room for it. So fast forward, I don't even know how many years. I, th I think it might say how many years, but quite a few years, we see that Mr. Incredible and Elastigirl are married. They have kids, they have three kids, they have Violet. They have Dash and they have Jack-Jack. And so we see their lives and we see how basically Mr. Incredible and the family have went from being these awesome superheroes to being the most mundane Midwestern family that you can imagine. And so Mr. Incredible is obviously very, very upset with having to do this and he wants to be a superhero so much so that he actually sneaks out on bowling nights i think is what he says to to helen his wife that they're going to go out and play bowling but really him and frozone go out and try to save more people now there's problems everywhere helen or elastigirl feels like she is kind of alone in in the, in the home Bob's not there as much, and she feels like he could do more. Dash feels like he just wants to play sports. He just wants to do everything that boys his age are doing. And Violet is an awkward middle school slash high schooler, and even without superpowers, middle school slash high school can be awkward. And so each of them are dealing with, do it with, with all of that while also simultaneously having to hide that they actually have superpowers. So essentially, Bob has it up to here with the people at his work and does so much so that he gets fired. And so he's trying to go home and he's about to tell Helen that he got fired, but he gets a call from a mysterious number and he gets offered a superheroing job and he decides that he is going to take it. He talks to Mirage and he t and Mirage takes him to this island where he basically has to try and defeat this robot that basically learns from who is fighting them. So basically if you fight for so long against this robot, it's going to be better at fighting you. And Bob fights it and fights it and eventually finds out that these robots have been sucking in superheroes this whole time into basically sabotaging them into thinking that they're actually working and trying to help defeat this robot or, or, or bring this robot in. But it was actually a very dastardly supervillain 
villain that was bringing in superheroes to kill them, which is like probably the most evil Pixar thing that we've had to date. Like he, like to bring in superheroes just with hoping to kill them so that he can be the only super villain left. We find out that Syndrome is doing all these bad things. And throughout the movie, we find out that Syndrome is none other than the buddy that Mr. Incredible kind of just pushed to the side. So back at home, Helen finds out that Bob is actually not at his new job, which he had told her a lie about, but he is actually superheroing. And he finds out from, she finds out from Edna Mode, who says, I have created superhero suits for your whole family. Yeah, Bob asked me to fix one up for him. And so I just did it for all of you guys. And so she goes and finds out that Bob is doing that. And so she plans a trip to go get Bob, bring him back home. But what she doesn't know is that Dash and Violet stole away and all four of the powered Incredibles are on the island and they have to try and fight these robots and fight these people and eventually fight Syndrome to get off of the island. And so while the two younger kids don't really know their powers as well yet, they try to figure it out. And as the family fights crime and fights Syndrome and his evil goons on the island, they start to learn how they can work together and work um, towards beating Syndrome. Eventually they find out his ultimate, ultimate evil plan was to send this Omnidroid back to Metroville to kind of take over Metroville. And so they go and they're fighting this robot. They do all of that. Frozone comes in and, and, and starts fighting as well. They eventually think they've got it figured out, but they've got to figure out where Syndrome is. And they find out that Syndrome is back home with Jack-Jack. And that is terrifying because they don't think Jack-Jack has powers. And so they rush back to the house to find Jack-Jack and they find out that, oh, maybe Jack-Jack does have some powers and he can fend for himself. And Helen goes up and becomes like a parachute to bring him down. Everybody's good. And we see that Dash is able to actually participate in some sports. We see that Violet is actually able to talk to the boy that she struggled to talk to earlier. And we see that they're still fighting crime and everything's good. And then right as the ending is about to happen, we see the arrival of the supervillain, the Underminer. And they don on their masks and they are ready to fight the Underminer together as a family. And that's the Incredibles. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. Dude, I love this movie so much. This is this is a great movie. And it is, it was, it had a budget of 92 million, but it grossed 633 million. That is wow. unbelievable how much my movies can make. I was directed by Brad Bird, who in the Pixar world also directs Ratatouille. But I also saw that he, after this, he directed Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. So he's kind of in that spy superhero world. I also found that on box office. Hold weekend, up, hold up, hold up. Yes. I was looking at this while you were talking. And I had no clue. Did you? Do you know who the voice for Edna Mode is? No. Brad Bird. Oh, Brad Bird did that? <laughs> yeah. Dude, I had no idea. I mean, either. It's all just I looking at that. this. Isn't that funny? That's hilarious. That is awesome. <laughs> all right, keep going. Sorry to interrupt <laughs> you. I just saw that. I was like, oh my gosh. The, the movie on its box office opening weekend grossed $70 million which from where I was looking at said that that was nearly $10,000 per screen that it was playing on <laughs> across the country. That's wow. crazy. That is incredible. Uh, has a score of 97% on Rotten Tomato, but only an audience score of 75%, which mm. was surprising. That is surprising. It kind of hurt my soul. Man. And then Brad Bird said this about the movie, talking about what kind of an accomplishment it was. We'll kind of, I think we'll dive into it um, a little bit more, but the the movie itself was tackling some really really difficult things when you when you watch the incredibles just as a pixar movie just kind of really out of context of like the history of animation at, to this point 
it's like it's a good movie it's like it's fun to watch it's fine when you watch them in order like we've been it like really takes you takes you out of it to think think about four movies ago what people looked like it's crazy the steps that they took and so brad bird said this about it he pitched the movie idea to to the, the folks at pixar and and they were like that's a terrible idea it's we can't do that yet so he said it, The Incredibles was everything that computer-generated animation had trouble doing. It had human characters, it had hair, it had water, it had fire, and it had a massive number of sets. Yeah. But they still pulled it off. That's awesome. And the last fun little fact that I had is that Pixar had to receive permission from Lucasfilms to use the term Omnidroid because George Lucas trademarked the word droid when he <laughs> from android he trademarked yeah. the part of it that was droid and so in order for them to call it the omni droid they had to get permission and probably pay some sort of royalties to lucas films it's mentioned somewhere in the towards the end of the end of the credits interesting so very cool that's my remember me the stephanie you got anything else i know that you saw that brad bird no, I just, I literally just <laughs> was looking at something and saw that. That's, that's cool. No, it, this movie is, is an interesting one. And so I'm, I'm interested to, to get into our next section, which is making our mark. You've got to earn your mark by doing something big for something bigger than yourself. Someday you'll all make your mark and I can't wait to see it. All right, so I'm doing things a little bit different this time. I'm going to start off, and I need to say something before we get into it, just so that people know where I'm coming from. Don't I've do got it, to get Zach. it off my chest. Don't do and, it, Zach. <laughs> and I've, just got, oh. I've just got to get it off my chest first, just so that people know where I'm coming from. I don't know what you're going to say, but I know I'm not going to like it. <laughs> so, all right, Josh, I need to say something before we get started, and I know I'm, like, shaking the foundation of Lamp Stomp and what it stands for by doing this, but I need to actually do part of my Woody's Roundup first so that people understand where I'm coming from and why I grade certain things on am I making our mark, okay? All right, I'm so not do, you, do, wanna, it. I, do no. you wanna do all of Woody's Roundup first I don't. and then come back? I okay. don't. I just need to say, my piece, and then I'm gonna let you start and then we'll get into the conversation. It'll be a good conversation. I'm gonna say my least favorite character from this movie. In every other movie up till now, we have excluded this to be only side characters. But I can't in all good conscience go through this movie and not say that my least favorite character from this movie is Bob, Mr. Incredible. He is awful. Everything about that character irks me. I cannot stand him in this movie. And so that is going to form the rest of my thoughts about this movie. Everything that he does, he lies. He doesn't tell his wife where he's going. He's a terrible dad. He's a terrible husband. He's in a lot of ways, a terrible superhero as well. And so Mr. Incredible is my least favorite character. I just need people to know that before we get into this so that they'll understand where I'm coming from. Okay, Josh, say what you need to say and then start with general attraction. All right, I got something I need to say. I agree with you. Okay. And he is also what I wrote as my least favorite character. <laughs> <laughs> so that being said, I think we're in agreement. Let's jump into making our mark. That's awesome. Okay. General attraction. What you got? At eight. I think it's a really fun premise. The trailers, I didn't like the trailers. I don't think they really communicated like what the story was going to be about. I went back and watched. Did you watch the trailers? I didn't get to, no. It's, it's just, you kind of just think that it's going to be a, a superhero movie based off the trailers. It, it's just one of the main ones was, you may remember having seen it was Bob trying to fit his suit on, but he's too fat to fit it I on. I do remember that now. <laughs> That's like the main trailer. That's like the main trailer for the movie. So like, they don't, you have no idea what it's about. 
going into it, which I just don't really like. Like I can't like the premise of it's really good, but they didn't communicate it. So like it lost some points on that. Though the general my general attraction, I like the movie. I like what the movie is about, but it wasn't. It didn't. That's not what anybody thought it was going into it. Yeah, for sure. No, I totally get that. I actually gave it a 10. Superhero movies were on the rise at this time. You have X-Men coming out, which I mentioned, and X-Men earlier. You have Blade coming out close to the same year. One of the first Hulk movies you have coming out, Daredevil. And so all these movies are coming out about the same time. And so for Pixar to get in on kind of the early, this is before MCU MCU stuff, but to Pixar to get in on the superhero thing and and that be a family of superheroes which is not something that you see a whole lot and they're actually being kid superheroes and kind of exploring that i thought that was something that was super interesting and super uh cool for them to do and so my general attraction to the movie was a a, a solid 10 i i i'm i can get behind that anything that i'm i'm nervous i already knew going into this conversation that you didn't like bob and so I, I, I'm nervous that it's going to do poorly because you don't like it. And so anything that you do that's positive, man, I'm all for it. <laughs> what do you got for plot? I gave it a seven. It, it's a cool movie. I do like the like the syndrome part of it. I think syndrome is a, is a very good villain. And, and so his him being the driving force to for revenge and, and all of that and and so how the biggest part of the plot is is eliminating superheroes and how they have to adjust to that but with bob lying to his family and being forgiven for literally no reason there's no even conversation about hey i'm really sorry it's just assumed that his family is going to forgive him and so that is why it gets a little bit lower it's a cool story but because of just bob getting away with it kind of frustrates me I'm going to say something kind of controversial. And it's going to go against kind of what we talked about just a minute ago too. I dis, I do dislike Bob because of the choices he make. And because of this, I think that he didn't need to make them. The, the story almost wants you to believe that he was kind of backed into this corner. And because he wanted to be a superhero, he had no choice but to lie and sneak around to be able to get this. And that at the end of the day, like he was providing. And so it's like, but I just, I don't buy it. That's why I don't like Bob. Because I think that Bob could have been honest. I think he could have been honest and it wouldn't have been a problem. Now, um, Hunter and I debated about this a lot, but I still land on the fact that when he is offered the job, he doesn't know, he is, he is deceived about it. The job that's offered to him is a government sanctioned job. They offer him, a, it, it is, I promise you, Hunter and I went back because she didn't believe me either. It it was the video that played was offered a job in the government in a secret branch that was developing technology. And they had gone too far and they needed somebody to come in and help clean up the mess that they had made. That was what job he was offered. He was offered a job to come in for the government, which is the whole reason that he's not supposed to be a superhero is because the government tells him not to. So if he had been honest with Helen that the government's offering him this job, though they weren't, but he didn't know that, that he didn't need to lie to her about it, which is the biggest issue overall. <clears throat> he would have legally been able to, he, in his mind, he was legally able to use his power and he didn't need to keep it a secret. That's my opinion. Now I gave it, did I even say what I gave it? I nope. gave it a nine because I actually really liked the overall plot. <laughs> but I do think that it could have been better. I don't think that he needed to lie. I think that it, it's a, it makes, it adds some tension, but I don't think that he really needed to. I think that it just kind of was unnecessary overall. Mm-hmm. But overall, the way that like, the way that they they do make their decisions, the the creation of the villain, the way that Syndrome, who he is. Yeah. Um, He's, a lot of that makes a sense. lot of times villains just want to be they're just evil and they want control but they don't have any like end game to it he's literally just like i just want people to like me like i want to be a superhero and i don't have powers yeah. but i can at least trick people into thinking that i do yeah and so sure. overall i love the i love the way that the story goes i love uh the way it kind of plays out even though bob is the worst <laughs> <laughs> all right what you got for uh, themes gave it a seven so I, I i don't get a ton of i don't 
get a ton of different themes that really stood out. Like there is clearly like the value of family. And I think that there's also that there's strength um, in compassion that like feeling for and caring for people does not make you weak. Though Bob like puts on this like feeling like I can't like he's like if I'm weak if I'm open emotionally and I care then I must not be strong but it's their strength in like caring and their strength and compassion okay yeah I give it a nine just the family aspect of it was really important to me just seeing that while I don't like that he got away scotch-free that's what being a family is about and so having that and seeing that family is the most important thing and and it's it's above yourself it's above rules it's above everything just being a part of a family and and having that be the forefront and and ultimately that's what bob learns and that's what all of them learn and so i I think that's a pretty cool theme for me all right animation i gave it a nine i love the way this movie looks it, it truly is awesome to, to hear you say that it was kind of, it, it's a marvel to even think about how they did it with the technology of the time that almost adds to it. It almost makes it better in my eyes. It, it, it's theme of like the sixties and like filtering it through that. And, and, and I just, it has its theme of what it wants to look like. And that goes throughout the whole movie. And so I really think they, they knocked it out of the park as far as animation goes. So I, I don't go, I don't feel as strongly as you. There is some impressive stuff. I landed on a seven for it. I think that people are, like, it, it's clear that people are really, really tricky to animate. I've heard too that if you make them too realistic, that they look super creepy and, and it doesn't translate well, <clears throat> which is why I really like the type of person that they, that Pixar eventually lands on, like the type of person that, they have in soul and that they have in coco like it there's so much realism to it but it's still taken back enough that you can buy into it and i don't think they're quite there yet i think they're starting to but they're not they're not quite there yet there's certainly some times where like the water looks really really beautiful but like wet stuff looks really really bad like when they look wet they don't look wet it looks really weird like at the time it was really really great and it was bold what they did but like now it's just not as impressive as it was then. And it's not bad, but it's still not that good. All right, cool. All right, what's up next? Voice acting. acting. What do you got for voice acting? I give it an eight. The voices fit the characters pretty well, and they have superstars in there of of Samuel L. Jackson. And Brad Bird. (laughs) And and so – Looking at Bob, he's Craig T. Nelson, which I don't really know a whole, real well. I know he's in Coach. I kind of recognize that. Holly Hunter as Helen Parr. I don't really recognize her. And so a lot of them are, are not super well known for me, but they they voice their characters really well. Yeah, I agree, dude. I gave it a nine for kind of the same reason. There's, there's this like certain tier of like solidified, like I hear that voice. I think of that character like and they're not there though they do a great job and and it is there's some fun stuff and Samuel L. Jackson is just the (laughs) it's just the best he's like the the most any scene that he's in is just extra special all right the John Ratzenberger quiz who was he in this movie the underminer the underminer (laughs) yep the underminer Mm -hmm. yes so good hunter asked me that too she was like who was it? like can we finish moving she's like who was he in it I'm like was he underminer? <laughs> underminer come on all right soundtrack 10 10 dude don't give me that look it was a 10 what are you about to say what are you what are you about to do i gave it an eight which isn't that that much lower to say it's a 10 though i i think that might be a little bit of a stretch it 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 does do the superhero music genre well and it fits what the action of the movie is but it's 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 not as listenable as as others 
what it does for the movie is irreplaceable. Like without this soundtrack, this movie sucks. Like without the soundtrack, this movie isn't what it is. Like it sets the mood perfectly from the like exciting action scenes to the background music. Like the sounds of the music in Syndrome's volcano lair are unbelievable. Do you know who does does the music? I don't. Uh, Michael Giacchino did the music, and I love him. I should have said it in the in the top. I didn't. Yeah. I, I forgot to say it then. But dude, he most notably in my mind, he does he does the soundtrack for Lost. Yeah, he did the soundtrack for Lost, and he's just he's phenomenal. And and I've always like anything that he does in music. I'm like, hmm. And and it is it, he he did such a good job. I know there's no you've got a friend in me song in it, but it is it the music just is what I think. If you have subpar music in this movie, it is a subpar movie. All right. <laughs> Characters. You go first. <laughs> All right. I'm going to explain my point system this time. I've never done it this way. I may never do it this way again, but I want to reiterate some things that I've said so far and some new points. All right. I'm going to grade each of these people on a scale of uh, of up to two points, okay? And that'll that'll get my my score. Syndrome, great villain. Like, super awesome. Like, amazing. Maybe the best villain that we've had so far. I, I, not even close. The best villain we've had so far in a Pixar movie. And looking forward for a while, I think that will still be true. I don't think he'll ever get beaten, my mind. His motives were clear. I do, actually, now that I'm thinking through it, but we, we can talk about that later. His motives were clear, and it's set up throughout the movie. You didn't, have to, you didn't have to tell us why he was a good villain. You showed us. You showed us earlier on what happened and why he wanted to, to do it. Like you said, he wanted to be liked even though he didn't have powers. Great villain. He gets two points. He, so that's, that's two points already on my scale. Violet, I think Violet's great. She is a middle school, high schooler, and working with middle school and high schoolers, they're awkward. I've seen a Violet before, and like in real life, um, obviously not a superpowered Violet, but like she was someone that was so like not confident in her own abilities that, but throughout the movie, she she gained that confidence, so was able to save the family a whole bunch of times, and and to be and to be able to go out and do some awesome things as well. Dash is awesome. Like, I didn't pick him as my favorite character because I wanted to stick to somewhat of our 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 side character thing for that, but he is awesome. He is one hundred percent kid. We 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 worked with kids, and so like we've seen dashes before. No, they've not been able to run at super superhero speed, but we've seen dashes before. And so he's super believable. He's, he's, he's a cool kid. Helen, I think she's great. She's a great mom, wife, superhero. And her quickness to forgive is pretty cool. And like, I've always liked the stretchy power too. Like Mr. Fantastic and the Fantastic Four has that. And so th that's a low key, pretty cool one. Now, so all of those get two for me. So I'm up to eight. However, Bob is awful. I can't stand him. He's a terrible dad, husband, and honestly, superhero at some point. So he gets a negative two. So all the characters come in at <laughs> six. Let's get with zero to two. <laughs> exactly. Ouch. I thought for a second there that you were going to land at eight, and I was like, I can buy that. Yeah. Mr. Credible deserves to take it down two notches. Four. <sighs> so a six. That's a lot of hate for one character, but <laughs> but I get that you do hate him that much. I I think that like I you gotta hate him that much to like him at the end. Like he does. That's the problem. I don't like him blow. at the end. No, he doesn't. Fair enough, Josh. He gets away <laughs> he with does. it. He, Josh. He doesn't do it again though. He doesn't do it again. He learned from it. Have you watched The Incredibles two? He's just as lousy in that movie as well. <laughs> We are not talking about The Incredibles 2 right now. We will talk about that later, and I have a lot of mean things to say about it when we get there. <laughs> okay. That'll but for now, at the end of this movie, he does come out a better person. He's a little bit better. But one thing that's also important to note is uh, Hunter noticed this, and I didn't even, I didn't even catch this. I've never noticed this before. At the very beginning of the movie, they set up his, his struggle at the very beginning of the movie in the wedding. They're, you know, they're chit-chatting with each other mm -hmm. while the minister's saying all the things. And she says, are you, just before, like, she gets asks him, 
Are you really ready to give up being Mr. Incredible? Are you really ready to be more than just Mr. Incredible? And the minister then asks the, the actual question and without being clear about who he's answering, he just says, I do. She's like, are you going to give up being Mr. Incredible? And the minister asks, and she, he just says, I do. And it's not clear who he's answering. And right. the movie makes it clear that he wasn't answering her. And he was clearly not ready to give up being Mr. Incredible. So, like, I get it, taking him away. But I don't even think I can say anything more about the rest of the characters that you haven't already said. Dude, they're, they're all perfect. Like, they're amazing. Helen is incredible. Like, pardon my ridiculous pun she's insane <laughs> dude she's she is a pilot which is not an easy or simple mm -hmm. task to do of like impressive planes right she is a stay-at-home taking care of three kids kids who are getting themselves in trouble who are struggling <laughs> right taking care of a baby moving all of the time like she is carrying everything and she's doing it without any support from her low-life husband who's <laughs> <laughs> barely able to keep a job without throwing his boss through a wall <laughs> right i want to say a side note to all of this the only thing that was not has not been said about the characters that has to be said how weird of a name is jack jack how <laughs> if you met a kid and they're like hi my name's jack jack you'd be like when your parents <laughs> have a stutter like what <laughs> your name is jack jack oh, two first yeah, names that are the same name <laughs> i just thought about it while we were talking earlier and i took them while you were like telling the remember me i was like that's such a weird name <laughs> that's all i have to so I, I i don't hate mr incredible actually like i i do like him by the end of the movie and because everyone else is just so good like syndrome is so awkward it's you kind of don't notice it at times but he is so awkward and he just wants to be cool and he's just not and he's so perfect the whole family is perfect bob is a loser but i mean everything else like this comes out to like an easy nine for me. like bob takes it down a little but everything else like definitely it's a nine uh, i can respect your hate for bob but but i don't hate him as much as you <laughs> I, admittedly, my bias is, is showing, and that's what this is all about. So, woohoo! All right, <laughs> humor. I gave it an eight. There are some like iconic, funny moments in this movie. One being, and I think you might even know what I'm about to say. Oh yeah, it, it is. Everyone it does. is the scene. Which now that I'm thinking about it, is not. It is not my core memory, but. The Frozone scene when him and his wife are about to go to dinner and he's like, honey, where is my super suit? And, and then my favorite line is, it's for the greater good. I'm your wife. I'm the greatest <laughs> good you are ever going to have. It's so perfect. And it's it is so, perfect, so funny. And that scene always cracks me up. And I just think about it every once in a while. And so that that's definitely my favorite mo moment. But there's a lot of funny in there. So I gave it an eight. What about you? Dude, I gave it a 10. And, and uh, there's so many, there's no like slapstick. Like there's no like dad joke puns. Like I don't think there was any. It, it is just hilarious situations edna mode's entire character sure. every single sure. interaction with her the way that like the family like bickers and fights with each other and the way their superpowers play into it like it, the situations are so funny i i don't laugh out loud when i watch stuff and i was doing it a lot during this movie <laughs> and so it caught me off it also like and i know i'm adding this in i probably shouldn't but it affects the way that i think about the movie as a whole is that we watched uh hunter and i watched jack jack attack right afterwards and that is unbelievably funny. Like there's so that that whole thing is hilarious. And I and so the, the whole movie just had me laughing constantly. And so like I, I don't think there's been one to this point that's been a, that funny to me. Wow. That's that's big. All right, what about Easter eggs? I gave it an eight, which might be generous, but I'm I'm tired of being mean about the Easter egg. I looked for a long, long time to try and find any good ones, and I really couldn't find ones that were super great for me. The biggest obvious one was Doc Hudson. There's a scene when he is at the beginning. I think it's like right after he 
saves the cat and his car comes up there's a car to the left of where his car pulls up to and it looks exactly like doc like from that. cars that's the next movie obviously his prison cell that he is in is a 13 I don't know if you noticed that. that this one's not necessarily well. a an Easter egg per se, but you can look on the newspaper that he has and it says Monday, May 16th, 1962. So that's when that is set. And that's in the future. When did I, I'm trying to think about, I, I, I said it in one of our other movies. I think it was Buzz Lightyear. So like, I, I know that they actually, they didn't even really mean for it. I think they were aiming for what they say, was it 80s? I think it wasn't 60s that they were actually going for the vibe, but that's what date ended up on the newspaper. So that's where they, but it, I, I do remember seeing that. That's a fun one. Do you have any other ones that stood out to you? No, those were the, those were the big three. What about you? So I couldn't, the one that stands out to me is that I couldn't find the Pizza Planet truck. I, I, I don't think it's in it. So I actually looked for that one as well and i i saw an interview that brad bird did when incredibles 2 was about to come out mm-hmm. and the interviewer asked him straight up was like is is pizza planet truck in there and he said the whole point of easter eggs is so that you guys can find them not so i can tell them to you and so he <laughs> he, he he didn't give an answer to that and so i don't think it's in there like, which I- kind of makes sense if it's set in the 60s that pizza planet wouldn't be a thing Right. That makes sense. I do. There's one looking at up because I couldn't find anywhere looking online. There's this one like picture, like it's somewhere in the middle of the fight scene where like it's super blurry, but somebody thinks that like this might be it. And they pretty much landed on like, unless like the animators ever actually comment on it, like there's no way to really definitively tell for sure. Like if they put it right there or not. And so can kind of hope and dream. But the, the things that did stand out to me were there in the very beginning, it, there were some like, not necessarily like Easter eggs, they're kind of like nods to like classic superhero stuff. Like when you mentioned that Bob and Helen were, or Mr. Incredible and Elastigirl are both like fighting that one criminal rummaging through a purse. At the same time, when like Bob walked up, it was kind of like a Batman like nod when mm-hmm. it was like his shadow on the wall. The whole government crew that kind of, the whole situation that surrounds the supers is very much like a nod to men in black, which I get a little bit more from Jack, Jack attack, but the, the way that he talks is to like, I got to wipe memories. I got to relocate. And so it's, it, it's got a very like men in black kind of feel to it, but those were kind of the main ones that kind of mostly like nods and like right. si- similar to, but not so much straight up Easter eggs. Yeah. Easter eggs. Yeah. All right. What about ending? You go first, because I've got a con- I've got a contradictory answer. I, I hope you don't hate me, but I gave it a seven. Oh, this is okay. probably my least favorite ending of a Pixar movie yet. Because when I look, when I think back to the movies we've watched so far, you've got the iconic uh, moving truck scene. You've got mm-hmm. Flick standing up to Hopper. You've got the airport scene, which was my core memory for that movie and then you've got the door scene and then you have the nemo find marlin finding nemo and then the whole fishing scene and so those are all much stronger than the family finally coming together and beating syndrome to me and so i gave i i i to me i i just think it's so good Yes, their power's coming together. That's really cool. And I wonder if now my mind is just warped from seeing so many superhero movies that when that the rewatching big fight scenes just not that which, interesting. Like after Endgame, can anything like <laughs> <laughs> be a 10? You know, uh, and yeah. that's a joke, really. But for me, honestly, the biggest reason, and I just now thought about the superhero thing, but the biggest reason for me is that all those are better. And I still gave it a seven, which is pretty good. That's not bad. I, I've got, okay, so I, my commentary and my grade, like, I've got things to say that might make my grade not make sense, but I'm going to say my grade first, because I do think it's a 10. Like, I, I really love the ending. The, the big fight scene that then gets interrupted by this surprising extra fight scene that we have to have that's a little bit more personal, that's then followed up 
by like the fun family is all happy and dash gets to go race and violet's uh, more confident and then like oh now we got to fight again as a family like i felt like it was just like everything just kind of was like the whole movie you're like kind of frustrated about something or someone and then this like ending is like everybody's like meshing together perfectly and so i love it however however i have a, a an alternate universe in which i think though i said this is a 10 i think it could be better which i don't actually think is better i think that this movie could have been worse to make the next movie better but they didn't do it and it makes me disappointed because i could be okay with this movie being a little bit worse if it meant that two was better i really don't like two i don't like the direction they went and i think they could have done better here's how i think they could have done better i think jack jack should have been kidnapped <laughs> think about it for a second just think about it for a second imagine the movie the set like the sequel that could come from if Jack Jack had been kidnapped in that moment, if you do realize that from The Incredibles one to The Incredibles two, there was fifteen years, and that had Pixar left <laughs> a, a a like that big of a cliffhanger at the end of one of their movies, they didn't have to. That that was they already kind of like people. I mean, I remember that I grew up like waiting on the edge of my chair for a sequel to come out because they left it like there could be another one then eventually a video game came out and it's like when are they going to actually fight the underminer and like i was like waiting for a sequel to come out but i think that it 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 could have been it it would have made this movie worse because it would have left on such a big cliffhanger Mm -hmm. and you know it would have had a baby kidnapped which would have been (laughs) awful (laughs) but imagine like the possibilities of like jack jack as the super villain having been manipulated by syndrome in the next movie, like how much better that would be than what they did. That's pretty fanficy to me. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that would be that good. <laughs> I never would have done myself a fan fiction guy, but dude, I'm telling you, that would have made a great movie. Oh. All right, man, let's add up our scores. I think All you right, might've done it. that Hold in up. the background. Yeah, I was doing it. So you totaled up at a 79 if I did my typing did correctly. Math right, yep. I totaled up at an 87, which puts us at an eight lamp stomp at an 83. Okay. Which puts it at number four in our list. Number five. To... So our list it, right yeah, now is right, Toy Story right. 2, Nemo, Monsters Inc., Toy Story 1. The Incredibles, then A Bug's Life. That's our list so far. So, why don't we get There's a big jump. There's a pretty big gap between A Bug's Life and there's nine points between A Bug's Life and Incredibles. Yeah. Yeah. No. There's bigger than that. It's 14 points. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're right. You're right. I looked at your your scores specifically. (laughs) All right, let's get into so, yeah. Woody's Roundup proper. Woody's Roundup. See, I wasn't too bad, was I? 79 is a respectable score for how that's much I didn't fine. like that movie. That's fine. For how much you don't like <laughs> it, you gave it a good score. You that's what happens when you when you grade it on everything other than you you don't hate the movie, you just hate no. Mr. Incredible, who is a big <laughs> part of the movie. Exactly. I could have rated this movie a lot worse, but I decided to do the Woody's Roundup thing so that it made sense. It wouldn't do it. All right. All right, Josh, Woody's Roundup. We kind of spoiled our first or our least favorite character in Bob. Was he, was he really yours, honestly? Yeah, that's who I, that's who I had written down. <laughs> I, I, would, I was already like, I'm going to break the rules because he's that frustrating the whole movie. Deep down in your heart, did you know that's what I was going to do too? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I already <laughs> so, knew that. So you gave, your permi- gave yourself permission to do that? Yeah. Yeah, I was All pretty right. sure you were going to be on the same boat. I'm interested to see what our favorite side characters are. I think I want you to go first. Oh, I don't want to go first. You want me to go first? I broke the rule and I don't want to break the rule. So I'm going to go back 
and right, I'll go and first. I'm going then, while you're to... thinking, my favorite character is Edna Mode, and it isn't even close. I wrote on our little sheet that we have to type notes. It literally says Woody's Roundup favorite character, then a blank, and then it says why, and then a blank. On my blank for why, I literally wrote everything. She's so funny. She's the scene and just her voice and like everything, just the way she presents herself. And then the scene, the scene where she's telling Helen about all of the suits. It's just her character is so, so good to me. Yeah, that's dude. That's so strong. I was debating between Edna mode and you obviously know who the other one has to be. It's got to be Frozone. Uh, and and honestly, be. I want you to say Frozone so that both could be said. Because... Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be Frozone. Like, he's so good. I, I, you can make an argument for both of them. I think Hunter's favorite side character is Frozone's wife. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who is honey, also... Honey, honey all, absolutely deserves to be in the conversation. Honorable mention also has to be Kari, though you don't get to know her very much in this. after, Especially after Jack Jack Attack, like, Kari is... Kari is a, a hilarious character and an impressive That's a babysitter? Character. Yeah. It's like Carrie, except with a K instead of a C and an A instead of an A. <laughs> I don't remember what all of it was, but it's it's so funny. Yeah, no, but Frozone is, he's a, he is best friend to Bob. He, he is there to protect him. Even when he knows he's making the wrong choices, he is, he is a good friend. He's a strong superhero with not a very impressive power but he does a lot with it he does and, a lot and lot he is it. and he is he is there for that family when they need the most for sure and the samuel L. jackson piece of it probably doesn't hurt it ha- it dude, samuel L. jackson <laughs> has to be considered the best in anything he's in <laughs> all right let's hop into 22 it is an honor having you prepare 22 for earth i'm gonna make you wish you never died Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? I've got one that I think is really strong, and then I've got one that is not so strong. So I'm gonna go str- first because I want to break the rule again and do oh. three. Three. <laughs> but <laughs> decide. How many times have we done actually 22 versus 33, 32, yeah. 47? <laughs> so, I don't. There's I don't so know. many fun. There's so many fun. Okay, so here's my question for you. All right, this is a question. It's a question. All right, hit me. How do they keep their masks on? <laughs> so, all right. What? Loki, we're in a Zoom right now. You guys can't see that, but Josh has a Mr. Incredible looking into the sunset background, and I am too old to figure out backgrounds, or I just didn't have enough time to figure out backgrounds on Zoom. And so I am wearing a Mr. Incredible suit. Now, the Mr. Incredible costume actually does have a mask but it's like almost like a ninja turtle mask where you have to like tie it behind the head but that's not what they do so yes i i I kind of agree i wonder if it's like i mean it's edna mode so i mean are superheroes made of metal and it's magnetic no is that that one of your things is that one of your 22s not even a little bit no that was just my lame excuse to try to figure out something it's got to yeah, be Edna Mode. She's got to have some sort of. It's thing just her that she design, does. for sure. She, she, it's her perfect design. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got a question, and I think you kind of answered it, and so it might ruin it, but I might add to it. Uh, so this is my this is my more weak one. Why do you think the movie was set in the '60s, or do you think the mo- there was anything that got added, like that that improved the movie because it was set in that time zone? So I mean. Uh, specific year or not they did set it in a time like it looks a specific way so that that, whether i don't even really know what year it's supposed to be or if whatever article i read was even accurate so why was it set in the 60s i think i think that it being set pretty far back makes makes a is a really big deal because it makes what syndrome is doing that much more impressive like what syndrome if syndrome is doing it like right now it'd be kind of like what elon musk does but just a little (laughs) bit cooler not like that impressive like it's it's sure like if i saw an omnidroid walking around on a stage i'd be like 
kind of like if I saw that on YouTube right now, I'd be kind of surprised, but I also wouldn't be like that surprised. Yeah. But if you go back to, to when like phones, phones were car phones, then it's like, <laughs> oh my goodness, this guy created AI that he could control. Like, <laughs> like that, that what he does is so much more impressive if you go backwards. Sure. Okay. That makes sense. All right. What's your second one? <clears throat> it's another question. But it is, do, do a superhero's powers mold their personality or do their personalities determine what powers they want? All right. So this is actually my second one. Oh, yeah? Because their powers they very much all do all, all of them. Yes. Because mm-hmm. when you look at Bob, he his his power is strength. And so when you think of that of Bob, you think of, of just unadulterated strength. When, when you think of other strong characters, I think of like the Hulk who is just yeah. mindless strength, can't do anything, just reckless. And, and in a lot of ways, that is how Bob kind of went through the movie was just like, I'll strength my way through it. Yeah. And without really thinking of, of consequences. And then you have Helen who her, her powers are stretching and, and being super flexible. And oh my gosh, she had to be. She was stretched in about a million different directions. She was mom. She was wife. She was stay at home, like take care of the thing, cook, clean. She was doing all of these things while also having to keep her kids from not being superheroes and keeping her husband from not being superheroes. So she was stretched in a lot of ways. Dash, part of it was just being a kid, but he also was going a million, million, million miles per minute and lots of kids do that but but to think that that is his power as well and then violet is the shy reserved teenager and what shy reserved teenager wouldn't want to go invisible for a second when they embarrass themselves and so all all of their all of their powers kind of match their personalities and so in answering your question i don't know but that is the case to, yeah. to see that that they uh-huh. they do match their personalities and i wonder if if it, does it does it go on because when you think about frozone that's what it, i was gonna say is, is, he, is he, he doesn't quite fit it i mean he's the coolest guy around but that was that was a really lame joke <laughs> that's the only he's the only one who doesn't quite fit right. this this scheme uh, but you don't get to see a lot of him so like that might like, but even from two, like he doesn't really fit. Like, there's no part of who he is that really makes sense why he would be a, a guy with ice powers. Right. But everybody else, it is like they build the family at the very least. What about Jack yeah. Jack? Do you think that fits with Jack Jack at all? We don't really see a lot of his personality in this movie. We do some in the second one, but uh... that might answer the question: is the fact that he has powers but no personality. Like right. that, the, the powers probably shape the person, not the other way around. Say that so. one more time. That, so the question that I asked was, do, do the powers determine personality or do their personality determine what powers they have? Right. I'm saying that because Jack-Jack doesn't really have a personality when his powers develop, it's probably that they become a certain type of person because of the powers that they have. Sure. Okay. All right. What's your third one in 22? Um, uh, <laughs> well, I mean, so I actually, it, it, it was, I, I already addressed it earlier. Okay. It was, would the movie be better? if it had ended with Jack Jack being kidnapped, which I know no. your answer is. And I think the answer <laughs> no, is yes. not at all. <laughs> yes. I think, I, no, this movie would not have been better, but I think that the sequel would have been. I think they could have had a better sequel. All right, let's go to our core memories. But the really important ones are over here. I don't want to get too technical, but these are called core memories. All right, Josh, what is your core memory? My, my core memory is, it's a happy memory. It's a joyful memory. Okay. And it was Dash and Violet in the jungle. Like when they are like fully embracing their powers for the first sure. time in their lives, specifically Dash. Like he reminds me so much of a younger, if not a current me, <laughs> like just <laughs> super energetic, just yeah running all over the place just quick kind of like incredible what was what did helen say you are an incredibly competitive boy and a bit of a show off (laughs) (laughs) right like that that was like i i definitely relate to 
Dash and so watching him like get to embrace his powers and run around the jungle and accidentally run on water is just like it's so fun it, I love it so much for sure and mine we've already talked about it but I, I just can't not say it it's it's the scene when Edna is showing Helen all the suits uh, <laughs> one her commentary is so funny but then also just seeing what she does to make the suits cool that that whole aspect of it is is pretty cool to me and and so that's that's my my core memory so dude that's awesome do you have you come around to at least kind of liking this movie or do you still is it still like you don't really like it so here's my thing before my most recent watch I would have said that I liked The Incredibles a lot. And that was when I made my list. Not for not for Lamp Stomp. That was when I made my list. So I've had two recent watches. One for Lamp Stomp and then one for my list. And the list rewatch, it just it soured me on it, man. But I must say that this rewatch was a little bit better and Bob wasn't as bad as I remember him being from my first list. And so maybe maybe I'll just get over the fact that that's part of this movie and just enjoy the other parts. But right now, I'm going to say no, but maybe. is, is my, maybe, my Maybe you'll grow to like it one day. <laughs> and, and so that's my official um, answer to that question. So for the longest time, like, I, like as long as like I can really recall if people asked me what my favorite movie was it was this one up until like very very recently and I definitely would have said and I think it was on my original one like this was my favorite Pixar I think Monsters Inc has kind of taken it its spot as of late but it is it has been for a long time one of my favorite movies I can quote it from beginning to end like it is I used to like try to regularly just try to fit in Incredibles quotes in my everyday life I I love this movie and so uh, though I do I, it went down this time that I watched it, but it, it still holds to be one of my, I love the family stuff. I, I hate that Bob is such a turd, but I, I love everything else about it. So, you know, it's funny looking at our list, you know what your favorite movie is so far? Toy Story 2. No. Oh. Nemo. Dude, it's such a, it is such a <laughs> so, good movie though. So like, like you just not... said that Monsters, Inc. is your favorite movie, but Nemo in scores of... literally three more points. But, but you and I have talked does. about this too. Our the list doesn't we... necessarily match our feelings. This is, we're trying to be objective, which today I wasn't objective even a little bit, but yeah, I, I do understand what you're saying. Yeah, like the way that I feel about a movie doesn't reflect the way that we like grade it because we grade it on so many different things that aren't just like how I felt about it and how I feel about the movies. I definitely put it, how I feel about, we'll take this just in context of Toy Stories. How I feel about Toy Stories is I feel like Toy Story 1 is the best. I know that I'm wrong and that I'm going to be proven <laughs> wrong and that I'm going to grade myself into saying that's not true, but I still feel that way. And so I still feel like Incredibles is like number two and Monsters Inc. is number one, even though I've rated other movies. It will probably stuff. change, yeah. <laughs> that way all right any other any, in, other incredible other things thing. i have one other thing and then i think that you have the video game stuff yeah. do you have any video game things to say about it so yes i had this video game and it was awesome because you literally just got to fight as each of the incredibles and and go through the levels and and just beat up people and and slither around as mrs incredible and and be invisible and have force fields and run around with dash and so the incredibles video game was was a lot of fun what's your other thing it goes back to like kind of the first time i ever saw this movie when i i was at like a friend's house and it was when was when this movie like just come out i was over at a friend's house and he had it on dvd and so like we were watching it and it was like super fun and i was like man this movie's super cool and now that I like think back on that memory, I now know and I can put pieces together to go that it was a little white disc that had Incredibles written on it. And so the kid had his parents like had a bootleg copy of it that was probably <laughs> recorded inside the movie theater. And I had no idea. I was just like watching a movie. <laughs> and I was such a goody two shoes kid that it probably would have really bothered me if I had known that. <laughs> but like, I remember like, <laughs> that's my first time ever watching it was on a bootleg copy at a friend's house. That's hilarious. <laughs> 
Oh, that's so funny. That's and that's the Incredibles for you. <laughs> there we go. All right, Josh, let's let's wrap up. Let's tell the people where they can contact us. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Lampstomp. And you can also email us at Josh. Lampstomp at gmail.com. And if you guys would be so wonderful and so kind as to go and on Apple Podcasts, rate this five stars, give it a perfect score. Like I wanted to give the Incredibles. Don't rate it like, (laughs) like Zach rated this movie. Rate it positively with happiness. And if you have issues with it, tell us because yeah, you can you sure. can contact us at lampstomp at gmail.com. Tell us what you think about ours. <laughs> I think that's it, Josh. You got anything else? That was it for me, man. All right. What's our next movie? Good. Our next movie is Life is a Highway. I'll go to drive it. Cars. <laughs> Let's go, baby. Let's go. We'll talk yes. to you guys next time about cars. All right. See ya. <laughs>